welcome to How to Become More Podcast. Welcome, everybody. Good to have you. Francois from How to Become More and our super guest today, Jess Kozer. We're uh, happy to have you here. And so we happy to be here. That's great. And so just before we start, we remember that we're here to get entrepreneurs that are fired up. And although we know that sometimes we have challenges, we're here to shoulder each other's and to make sure that we can overcome them and continue to serve in the best way possible. And being fired up and elevating our state and vibration is something that helps people to want to be more with us. So without further ado, Jess, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for showing up today. So how are you? I'm great. I really appreciate you having me on. I love your energy. I love what you're doing for entrepreneurs. And I think mindset and lifting each other up is everything because we're not competing with each other. We're competing with Amazon and Walmart. You know, I want to work together. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Actually, I feel like we're competing with ourselves sometimes and sometimes we're too harsh on ourselves, but that's yeah. okay. It definitely. So, uh, without further ado, tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do personally and professionally, some background. Yeah, so I want to start off by saying I work in no-code automation, but preface by by just mentioning that the word automation sounded like white noise to me five years ago, uh, definitely 10 years ago. Um, and it's just something that I got into really out of desperation because my family business was struggling. I had to come in and replace $200,000 of outsourced labor with myself somehow. <laughs> so I stumbled into automation as a, a marketer with you know that top hat on and really had to think about, okay, here's my growth strategy. How do I automate this? and not just automate a sales funnel. How do I automate every single nook and cranny? So my thing is really automating all the things, whether it's your operations, your collaborations. I love automating relationship building and there's ways to do this without being robotic. So non-robotic automation, that's my jam. Excellent. So I love the fact that you said you're a technical marketer and as everybody can see, you're young and I'm old. And so for me, <laughs> Automation is a pain. <laughs> Six kids and I have my iPhone and wow. work. And they say, blah, 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 and then they fix it. But I learned nothing. So the young generation is really quick on learning this thing, which is great and saviors to us that are older because that automation stuff, as you said, and I appreciate what you started with saying, I was overwhelmed. There was so yeah. much. And I started thinking, what's out there that can help me? create something. So a, a nugget right off the bat from Jess is that whenever you're overwhelmed, stop being overwhelmed, relax, <laughs> and then try and analyze what needs to be done. So clarity is what you sought for. Yeah. And then when you found the clarity, you put it on paper and then you, you try to create a plan. And of course, we know that if we don't know how to make a plan, we can ask others that know how to, but you have the know-how and you applied it. So this is something that is, is really nice. But you said, automation and then without robots. So enlighten me because maybe others don't understand what that means. Yeah. So there's a couple of processes that most business owners, we get it. We understand there's a customer journey. So on the front end, like externally, we're thinking about this process where 
you know, traffic comes in from ad or collaboration partner or social media, they land on page, they opt in, they get added to a welcome sequence. So that's really front end automation stuff that a lot of us are familiar with. But and we call this a funnel at my age is, Hey, put him in my funnel. <laughs> exactly. So a lot of us get it like, okay, my funnel is automated, but yes. I want everybody to start thinking about the internal processes. The front end is all about other people serving other people. The back end automation stuff is all about you and your quirks and your software. So internally, you know, we have the front end uh, lead comes in from where from YouTube ad. Where is it opting? Where is it? Where are they opting into uh, MailerLite? Where where are you storing that? Where's your welcome sequence MailerLite? So really just taking note of the whole internal workflow and all the sources, all the software sources you're using so that we're starting to think about ways in the back end to articulate to a computer. If this happens, then what? What action do we want when there's this condition, this, you know, in automation, we call it a trigger. If this, then what, right? Then that. Okay. So, so you're getting yeah. more technical about this. For example, uh, if someone, because I'm thinking about this myself and maybe many mm. people are as well, someone comes in and, and watches a video. If he watches, let's say it's a three minute video. Let's say he watches one minute of it that could trigger something else. If he watches three minutes of it, that can trigger something else. Is that what you're talking about? Anything. That is a great example. If you can think it, it probably exists as an automation. And if it doesn't, you can no code it. There's this new buzzword called no code, which means you don't need to be a programmer. You don't need to hire a programmer. You can use certain tools that help you program things without code because very smart coders have set it up so that on the front end, it's super user friendly. And a great example of this is Zapier. So if you have this idea that doesn't exist, like what you were talking about, a tool like Easy Webinar has that pre-built automation. But if you're trying to, if there's something quirky about your business, you're like, I just have this idea. If I send an email, like I have all these scripts, right? And I want to send an email where just a piece of it is is unique to the person. Like, hey, first name, comma, enter. How's your mom doing after knee surgery? And then you get into the canned thing. Like, I have this great summit coming up. And when I thought about who would be a great speaker, you were one of the first people who came to mind. That's, you know, scripted. But you're like, you just have this idea. I want to have this partially scripted, partially uh, unique email that I'm automating. Then this is really about thinking how do I make this work? Like, I know there's some repetitive stuff that I do. I'm going to email 30 speakers to ask if they want to be a part of a, a summit. How do I make this kind of unique, but have the cans bit? So really just thinking about what tools you can use to automate in the way that you want in this really weird, unique way. And for the most part, they're going to exist. And I mentioned Zapier. So sometimes it's just a matter of thinking about what you could articulate to a robot. Like if, if these conditions that I'm thinking exist, 
this is the action I want. And just asking Zapier, do these tools integrate? And, and then setting up the automation in there by just saying, if, if, um, if I this, have, if this, then that. Yeah. So if, if, if I have someone's name, if I have this personal personalized field and I click this send email button for, you know, send the outreach email, then add the name at the personal connection field and the scripted bit plus best Francois to the email. So that's, it's just a way of thinking about articulating to a robot. Perfect. So therefore, you're saying about this, it's awesome. And I got a headache just listening to the if then. <laughs> so question is, and by headache, I mean, I'm not techie at all. And even though there's some tools that exist out there, you would be a resource person. I says, Jess, I want to do this. If this happened, that happens. And then you can integrate a solution for them to make it happen. Correct? Yeah. I love to work with people on the process. So Francois, you know what you repeat every day. You have your marketing division, you have your sales division, you have bookkeeping. It doesn't matter if you don't know how to articulate it, but understanding how to get that workflow that's in your head onto a piece of paper is actually the hardest part. Most people don't, they can't articulate that to another human being. This is what I do. I have an episode guest, here's the workflow. I invite them. If they say yes, then what happens? If they say no, then what happens? We don't have this all mapped out. We kind of go with the flow, which is fine, but hard to scale and keeps us in this space where we have to think about robotic task work all day long, trying to keep up with all of our processes. So you just so, need to know what your processes are. And you said something that grabbed my, my attention and it says, if you don't have all the stuff that you're saying, it's hard to scale. So everybody listening right now, when you're stuck and don't know how to scale, that means you need to automate the stuff that you're doing every day so you can liberate some of your time to be more efficient in doing more of what you do. The 20-80 rule, 20-20, so do 20% of the stuff that creates 80% of your results so we can focus on that while there's an automation in the background that keeps on sorting, sifting through things that comes into different places. It's okay, once it's here, this is what I do. So basically now I get what you're doing and it's, it's very exciting. Actually, I, I, I love it. I know. <laughs> yeah. So what gets you fired up about being an entrepreneur? I, my family business is a, a local business. Like I, we're from the same part of, you know, part of the continent. So we're up in the GTA and to me, supporting local businesses, mom and pops, course creators, solopreneurs, people who have small businesses, I want them to realize that they are, they can be empowered with the tools and resources to build scalable businesses. And it doesn't matter if you want a lifestyle business and you don't care if you cap out at 250 or, or if you want to scale to an eight figure business, there are tools that are super user-friendly to build your operation on. And I really, I'm hearing all this stuff about a recession coming up and people struggling to, you know, keep their staff and, and deciding not to even open businesses. And it's important to me that we keep opening businesses and we keep our businesses alive and we work together to, to make sure that we're transforming each other's lives and businesses. So what gets me fired up is making sure that 
we can we can survive and thrive and not do all the things and have time to think ponder existence and and life and death because we're not stuck in robot minds all day copy pasting and clicking into different interfaces and scrolling endlessly all of those minutes add up and it's no way to live excellent you said something that i love because it catches my attention you said what we want is not just survive but we want to thrive and that's something that's powerful and you also wanted to encompass others with it not only you but all the other businesses that are out there and actually i'll make you smirk on this one because a long time ago because there's been recession that have been coming throughout the years i'm 61 so i've seen many of them and one guy answered that one day that i absolutely loved it his accountant tells him but what about the recession and he said we decided not to participate yeah <laughs> by going forward because <laughs> let's face it and and this is a, a mindset that's very important if people are screaming recession all over that means a lot of people are going to bow down and just move out What does that mean for you if you stick around? Less competition. Yeah. So, <laughs> of course. And so sticking around is uh, three quarters of the battle, especially when people are screaming that bad times are coming. I encourage everybody to stick around and actually through Jess, having some automation to free out some time so you can actually be more proactive and connect with people more one-on-one. -on -one. So I love it. Let's not survive, let's thrive. That one resonated with me for sure. And I like the fact that you said that you like to create freedom for yourself and for others so they don't have this redundancy that is happening here. Yeah. 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 This is good. Cool. So, what do you love most about what you do and why? I think it's the creative problem solving. I don't know if that's a cliché millennial thing to say, but I get bored really easily. So, I and love to <laughs> I know, oh, I know. We are so ADD. But I like to have problems that are creative and big and holistic and you can zoom out on a huge operation and then zoom into elements of it and different angles and relate data. Oh, that's so nerdy to say. But relating data so you can leverage some elements of your business into others. You can relate revenue to expenses in every single location. You can relate intake forms to clicking a button, auto-generating a, a graphic with your guest headshot and suggested title. Uh, so being able to relate those pieces of data and, and build, I'm a builder, so, so building solutions that are unique to people so we're not pigeonholed. I love that stuff. I and like collaboration. That. I think we should all be collaborating. We can automate collaborations too. <laughs> well, to a certain point, yes, absolutely. But I like the you says building relationship through automation and then nurturing those relationship is is really important and, and that's what it's all about. And the things yeah. with that you said millennial is you like to use the tools to make it happen. As for me and people my age, you like to use this guy. Hey, Jeff. <laughs> And actually, even today, we had a hard time connecting. So you used the phone to call me. I so, did. It's true. Uh, I still is, use the phone too. The good old-fashioned tools that can <laughs> help us all to, to create some good things. But again, I can see your sense of, of uh, how do you say, uh, helping others. And, and that is one of the reasons, actually, why you're on the show is that I love 
heart-centered and service-driven individuals. I think that they are the heartbeat of the economy of things that are going out there. And even though when things are going rough, we're actually bootstrap ourselves and we get to yeah. the next level. And then once we do that, then we can elevate others with us, which brings me to the next thing. What's the biggest challenge that you ever faced professionally in life? And it can be one before you answer, it can be something that you might have even have thought at one point, you know what? Forget about this. I want to quit. And the reason I'm asking this is for you first to be vulnerable, which is going to make you even more appealing to people. But number two is that all of us as entrepreneurs, we know this and I repeat this every week is when people ask you, so Francois, how's business? Fantastic. Everything is good. But in the meantime, <laughs> I'm <Yeah. laughs> some things happen and something just fell apart. And then there's sometimes yeah. too many clients at one point that came and I have to struggle with all this. And we're still saying, yeah, it's fine. But sometimes it's not, and it's okay if it's not. And that's why I love this show to find out how vulnerable we can be that, you know, it's not always rosy, but it's worth it because most of us are unemployable anyways. So, so tell me what's the, uh, the biggest challenge that you faced that could even have made you say, I'm digging deeper, say, you know what, forget about this. I want to quit. So something like this. Confidence, having confidence in myself and my ability and my self-worth as well. I suck, Francois, <laughs> at sales discovery calls. I will go out of my way to, to give away. the process. So you well, don't have to, to just give, give away everything and avoid asking for a sale because I, I just don't want to ask for money. That is really hard for me to this day, asking for money. I just, in my mind, I'm an heiress and I can give away everything for free. So that that's a struggle. That is still a struggle. And interesting, that's being very vulnerable, what you said. And it's also a, a stigma of a lot of people that want to give and help and uplift their fellow man. And I says, well, if I'm doing this, how can I make money doing this? <laughs> and, it, and it's okay too. It can be a real need. Otherwise, I like to say, uh, if you have margin without or mission without margin is you got nothing like you need to generate some income in order to survive because if your business is not generating income it becomes a hobby and a hobby is expensive and so we want to get into the the, the style of of business so how have you overcome this you said confidence and not wanting to ask and go on sales calls how have you done it and it's okay that it's still a process and it's not 100 yeah. percent I realized that my time, my undivided focus is really important for the clients I do have. So rather than dividing my time with 15 minute discovery calls, I've decided to offer a few free things where I'm not needed and then discounted strategy calls where within that hour, I, I'll give away whatever you want. And if you want to continue working together, if both of us think that my creative solutions are the best fit for your most pressing problems, then we can follow up. But I just realized that the discovery call for me with my, my limited time um, was really difficult, especially considering my issues, my emotional issues with selling. And that 15 minutes, you know, 15 minutes a day as an automator, I'm thinking like how many 
hours of my life is that? And let's say over 52 weeks, we're looking at 13 hours of your life, right? Uh, on discovery calls where you're, you're kind of like beating around the bush and keeping your secrets. And, and this is my way to, to be there, to be present with people who are serious and whether we move on or not, we're both getting value. And my attention is going to people who are like, yes, 15 minutes is very precious to me too. Excellent. So that's, that's what I'm doing. I love it. And so, so, so basically, and, and it's something I teach all my clients as well. Not everybody gets sold, but everybody gets served. And that is something that is really nice. And when you think about it that way, Jess, and is what comes out of us is what's going to come back. So I, I like this example, which mm -hmm. I think is appropriate. People says, that's not true. I says, you are responsible for what's coming back <laughs> in your life. And it says, no, 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 no. It's outside. It's the economy. So I, because I'm a national trainer for Tony Robbins, I was working with him. He had all these examples. And one of them is try and go to a shopping mall or actually the grocery store and take your cart and hit people in the back of the heel. <laughs> and then and it, yeah. see what's going to happen. You're going to turn around. You might get beaten up or something. And so, of course, don't do that. But if you go to the same grocery store and now with the with your basket as you come and you see people when you see them coming towards you you put a smile on your face and then and then you you go on the side and says you can go or if you're about to go on an aisle they come out and say oh no you go first you're gonna see how it's got and then you say well of course that's easy well you've just proven to yourself that you are responsible for the way that people act of course mm -hmm. there, there's some crazy things that can happen sometimes but in most cases we are and so therefore what we put out comes back in so what you're doing yeah. Jeff, is as you're helping people with that call you're putting out the best of you so guess what the best of you is going to come back to you and so one of the things that most people have it and that's an important point let's say Jess you and I we get on a call and we're talking and if I think only of what can I get from Jess what can I get from Jess this is very linear and very narrow-minded but if I'm talking to you and then you're opening my mind to other things, I might say, hey, you know what? There's Peter and there's Mary and there's Pat that can use your services because I'm opening my mind. And as I'm doing this, you says, you know what, Francois? The mindset coaching that you're doing, I know some people that can. And then we are now collaborating. It's not because if it's just you and me, we're looking yeah. at an exchange. And if we're just doing an exchange, we're losing. If we're looking at what can be done for us, we are then multiplying. That's why I have U squared here. U squared, it says, oh, what is U great. squared? If, if you take a number squared, four squared is four times four, 16. Yeah. And if you take 10 squared, it's 100. Then the question is, what's U squared? And then people go, uh, I don't know. Well, make up your mind. Decide on what you want it to be. And it can be, just to reassure you, Jess, it can be that you decide that, you know what? I'd rather do calls where I give people value and when they perceive my value and they want me, then we connect. If they don't, then we don't connect and that's okay. So there's a lot of people on the call here I know are just like you and you've just tabled it and I thank you so much for being vulnerable on this mm -hmm. and they feel like awkward, like say what am I, it's okay. And it's the, the, the way, how do you say, the if-then that you've created, <laughs> okay. If all is not good, then I'll give value. That's perfect. And as you continue to give, you'll continue to get. Now, a little caveat on everybody. As you're listening to this and it says, if you give 
you're going to get. If you give, yeah. you're going to get. And then some of them are going to say, well, I've been giving for a year and nothing happens and I hate giving. And so, so what just happened right now, and I'm very visual, is that you're pouring poison on all the seeds that you've, you've put throughout the year because you're negative about the fact that you've given and nothing's coming back yet. Therefore, you weren't really giving. You were looking for an exchange. And now yeah. your, your, your deceit is in the world and then it's just biting you. So let's not do that. So continue to do what you're doing as giving. It works. Believe me, it works. And then you get a tribe of people that are like-minded with you. And then coming to work or doing work is something that is fun, not a drudgery. Absolutely. So yeah. I'm happy. So and then um, you said also there's a um, what do you call it? You, you're working with a coach, I guess. You said something because there was challenges, then you seek help. And so tell us about a little bit about that, because I think it's important. You realize a shortcoming in something and it says, hey, this is not happening. I'm going to. And then tell us about it. Yeah, sometimes you have to in invest in yourself when money comes in rather than spending. I think about how can I invest? And for me, investing in a one on one coach made sense. I want to invest my time and energy either into executing consuming information when I need it, when I don't, when I've consumed it, go back to executing, or sometimes you just need some help. And in my case, my coach, his name is Dr. Douglas Hare, and he's been amazing at helping me with sales and has this background in therapy, which for me, it's not therapy, but I can tell it, it's cathartic and it, it's helping me to get comfortable with sales and and if if you feel like you need some sort of direction where it's not consulting but it's guidance and coaching then there are some really good people out there there's lots of bullshit out there sales marketing software vanity publishers there's all types of uh, crap services but it doesn't mean that we need to Uh, conflate that with all the wonderful people out there who are there to help you. So in my case, getting a coach has been really helpful as I start to, you know, build my own personal brand. I used to be very spoiled and I'd have account reps and sales people sell for me and just put my headphones on and be, you know, in the background, right? So being more forward facing and needing to get comfortable being the the brand uh, that was hard and investing in a private coach was really helpful excellent so there you go and so and i love what you said that uh 25 minutes you said because i'm going to pinpoint it you says consume and execute you consume and then you execute and this is something again all of us entrepreneurs sometimes we consume 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 yeah. because we've consumed so much we think we know so much but what about execution Someone else worded it in the way that learn a little, implement massively. Learn a little, implement massively. And when you do that, the little that you learn is now integrated. And because it's integrated, now you start to quote unquote program yourself <laughs> to create better results faster. I agree. I think that's why it was hard for me to think I need to invest in a coach because I have in the past invested in information And then you feel like you're getting stuff done, but you're not. Once you've learned it, 
you don't need to keep going with the program or you don't need to buy another course. It's time. It's usually time to execute and, and we get stuck in consuming and confuse it for, for doing. And that's why I think about the private coaching is more like therapy yes. than information. Which is okay. And, and that's okay. And we can say yeah. therapy. Some people use reprogramming, reframing, which is fine. It's all the same thing as that what you were doing was not working. And now you're doing something else to make it better. And then when you have a guide to help us do that faster, such as when someone wants to integrate, uh, if this, then that, and they don't know how to do it, then they can go to you and you can help them figure it out and, and maybe even do it for them as they become a client. But that's, that's so important. Consume and execute. Let us not get stuck, ladies and gentlemen, in consuming, 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 because it's so easy. I get, okay, <laughs> I'm going to be very unpopular for this. But I give everybody the opportunity today to unsubscribe to two or three email lists that you're in right now that are just cluttering your inbox. Oh, I'll read it someday. Oh, I'll read it. Someday. You won't get rid of it. And so that's going to decrease the amount of bombarding that you get and execute more as Jess has just so eloquently tell us to reduce the amount, consume a little and then implement. That is awesome to execute. I love it. Cool. So what's the best lesson that you've learned from the challenge that you faced and overcame? The best lesson, well, considering confidence was my issue, leaning into discomfort and, and like you said, give without thinking about it like poison has, and have fun with it. I love that. I grew up very privileged. My parents would, you know, make sure I had a birthday party every year into high school, you know, when kids are punching wall, punching walls and, you know, throwing up on the carpet. But I learned from a young age to uh, provide a space for people and just realize that maybe not everybody is going to give back to the same extent. Like maybe some people are going to be bring frozen bagel bites or just bring beer for, for themselves. <laughs> But collectively, you're going to get so much back from, from giving, putting, putting yourself out there and leaning into the discomfort. Excellent. And you said leaning into discomfort. If I refer back to what your answer is, what's the biggest thing you learn? It says entrepreneurship is the best route to personal development. And that right, yeah. Does that sound familiar? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so it is because we realize that as an entrepreneur, there's so much we don't know and there's so much we need to learn. And so before you learn something, you have to become, unless you become a vessel through which information can be deposited in, it's just going to overflow. If you have a, a small glass and you have a big glass, what, what, you want to pour mm -hmm. it in, it's going to overflow. So we need to make sure, usually I have two glasses, I only have one now so I can make it. Because <laughs> I say that if you have a big glass, you pour in a small, it's, it's just going to overflow, it's going to go to waste. So we need to develop ourselves. So I love the fact that you said that entrepreneurship is the best route to personal development because it is. And unless we become more, well, doesn't matter the technique, the if then, you might be overwhelmed. You have to become a person that can handle the, the new things that are coming your way, the new clients and the new challenges that are coming. Excellent. So what words of encouragement uh, or advice can you give to a struggling entrepreneur? Would you tell them to just go in, zoom in, zoom out? What would you do? 
Yeah, I think that we think about our customer and we think about our clients or prospects or partners and what's right for them and keep doing that. That's great. But when it comes to automation, that's all about what's right for you. So think about the journey that you go on internally. At, well, not inward, not spiritually, but the journey that is going on with the internal workflow. There's stuff that needs to happen that is forward facing for your your clients, your partners, your prospects. But then having that idea of like what what every single step is you're doing, that's going to help you. That's going to help you whether you hire a person or a robot to have an idea of your your procedures. And when you know your procedures, that's that's the hardest part of automation. Knowing yourself really and we can know ourselves a little bit better by thinking of these repetitive tasks and be conscious throughout your day. Like, oh, I'm sending this email that kind of sounds familiar to another email I've sent and really start to think open your eyes to to the repetition. If there's repetition, it doesn't matter if you don't know of an automation solution for it. Just think this was repetitive and start writing it down. Interesting. It's going to come to you. I love it. And and one of the things I did is my business started to grow on point it grew so much that I can handle it alone. And the yeah. challenge that I have is I'm a Canadian champion gold medals in taekwondo. What does that mean? Fantastic. Yes, but I think I'm it and everything needs to come through me. So delegating to others, I would say they can't do it as good as me. And that was a Achilles tendon. So mm-hmm. I needed to to delegate to people and Uh, someone said last week, when overwhelm starts to come with your business, that means that delegation is knocking at your door. You, you start to delegate things or automate things so that you can actually have more time to yourself. Very important point to think that whenever it is that the procedures that are there, we need to find them out. And so all this to say that as I was growing, I needed to hire people. And so I hired people and because I'm a maniac, I hired three in one shot. Let's go. And then I spent 15 hours a week training them. What a mistake. And so what I learned from this in retrospect is that before you hire anybody, you need to what was called in business SOP, standard operating procedures. I needed to detail whatever I was doing. So then after when someone comes in, I says, look, I want you to do this. And if you have any challenge with this, you let me know at which point. So what you have said is the hardest thing is for people to detail their procedures. But it's one of the most important thing to do if you want to scale, because unless you know what's going on, how can you get others to do it as well? So documenting it, the standard operating procedures is good. And so when we have that, we can connect either for automation with Jess or other human beings as they replace us with the uh, one-to-one interaction. Does that make sense? Yes. And I'd like to tag on to that and say that you can automate for your employees as well because everyone is creative and if we have time for all of our employees to be their best selves and contribute creativity and you know when everyone's focused on business development creative solutions relationship building because their tasks their you know repetitive stuff is automated too then everyone in your your company can be focused on big picture rather than maintaining the house of cards for you 
especially since robots will do that for fractions of the penny on the hour. So that stuff could be automated for employees too. So therefore, if I hear you correctly, and, and uh, so I'm trying to rephrase this, we have an employee that is worth, that we're paying, for example, let's say $30 an hour, just listening. So we're paying them $30 an hour, but we're making them do $5 an hour tasks. Yeah. So we are wasting ourselves $25 by doing this. So what you're saying is, hey, let's find out how we can automate this person that you're paying 30 bucks an hour and the menial things that they do. Well, yeah. I'm a Frenchman. Sometimes I use bad words. So menial, <laughs> I don't know if it's, anyways, so the, 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 the smaller tasks, and then once those are automated, their $30 an hour creativity can be unleashed to the next level because they have support to do the stuff that's mundane and that can exactly. be automated. Exactly. Look at this. Now, now I think I jackpot. She just smiles. So, oh, yes, exactly. Indeed. And I think that is smart. And unless we come to realize this, we're shooting ourselves in the foot. We are not maximizing the input of everybody in our business and nor helping them to maximize the people in their business. So once again, if overwhelm starts to hit your business, ladies and gentlemen, that means that automation is knocking at your door or delegation, either with people or with, uh, how do you say systems like Jess is, is suggesting. If you are to look at this and it says, Hey, it's happening. It's bugging me. No, don't let it bug you. Welcome it welcome this thing when we welcome something we can deal with it if we resist it we're tense and when we're tense we can't deal with it things are like water on a duck's back it's not penetrating inside of us we need to allow it that's one of my favorite words. I'll tell people when there's a struggle say this word allow and they say allow. yeah and then relax and say it again slowly allow allow when you do that all of a sudden yeah, you smile but it's like Oh, you've taken that imaginary pressure that you have on yourself and you allow things to come. And now you're going to be able to deal with them in a much better way. So allowing the process to unfold. Perfect. Cool. So um, what's next on your to-do list? Any professional project planned in the future? Yeah, right now I am building out different training modules and creating content on different types of automation to give people examples of what you can do, what's possible, uh, using all sorts of software tools. And and tr I'm trying to help people get into a no-code operator mindset so that we can all start thinking about what, what can we automate, right? Excellent. Start thinking about procedures versus just sitting down in the morning and be like, crap. Okay, what do I have to do? <laughs> yeah. Excellent. So, I like automation it. support. Automation support. So now, unbeknown to you or maybe known to you, when we started, he says, oh, I'm struggling with sales and I have a hard time. And then, so I just want to give to people. And, and as you were saying this, in my mind, I says, I got the solution for it. We'll talk after this. And I was saying, all you need to do is create material that can be automatedly given to them. They get a taste of it. They love it. And then they raise their hands and says, Jess, help me. So that way, when the people come on that call, they want you rather than you having to sell them. And this is good for everybody listening on the call right now. If there's anything that you do to help people and you can make a video or create something out of it, that you can dispense that material. Not everybody's going to say yes. 
But the people that raise their hands, <laughs> it's going to be the easiest thing because they want you because they resonate with what it is that you're doing. So here you are within this time that we spent together, already knowing that the next on your to-do list is actually the solution you've been looking for. This is absolutely lovely. I love it. I don't know if you like it, but I like it. I guess I get excited when people can get to the next level with their business. This is so good. Yeah. Cool. yeah, I oh. love it. This is awesome. I feel like I'm getting coaching right now. Well, it, it, unfortunately, that's what I do all the time. Ask my kids. They don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> so what legacy would you like to leave to future generations and maybe why? My legacy, I want to, my legacy I want to leave is just to empower creative people uh, with the tools and the confidence to become entrepreneurs earlier, as early as possible when they're children and just understand that it's possible to carve your own space in the world. And if you think you have something to offer people, then you do give it a shot. Like don't, don't keep stay in your comfort zone. If it's going to hold you back, we're all going to live for a little bit longer. Life is over in a blip. So do something you love and help other people along the way. I love it. So tell future generations to have more time to ponder life, walk in the present and then find out, Hey, what is it that I truly love and be moved from the passion inside rather than, you know, the responding yeah. and what's going on out there, that, that cookie cutter, you need to do this actually. And, yeah, go ahead. and I think I, I would say as a millennial, I feel this way, but I think it's all of us now after the pandemic, we're all online so much and we're all clicking and clacking on our mobile devices and we get stuck on screens and it's, I really believe changing our brains, our, our brain chemistry. So being able to build and be visible, but also be online less and be walking in the fields and in the forest more will bring us back to that human place that we want to be. I, I like automation and robots, but I also want to do all of that stuff to make room for the human world, right? Off screen pleasures and, and people. Yes. So basically if we might say is that you, you've grown wiser saying, okay, I want to live life, but I have these obligations to produce because we're in a society where we need to produce. And so how can I diminish the impact of that? I have to produce by creating a system that, that can do some of that work. And while it's doing yeah. some of that work, I can actually live life and be more present to the people I love and I want to share and develop relationships with. That's absolutely yeah. great. I, and to this, and this guy was in, in the eighties, that's a long time ago. And what he did, he had this machine that he bought from China and he was putting some plastic into some molds and it was creating golf balls that would float. And so what he did is he went to see all of the, um, actually he called them the, uh, what's it called? Driving ranges where they have a lot of places where it lands in water and the balls would float. So it was easy to rake them out after. So the guy would literally press a button in the morning and put enough of that plastic substance to be done. And we come at night 
<laughs> had cases of stuff that he just needed to send away. So he was spending time with his family and having a good time because he automated some things. And that's exactly what you're saying, Jess, but with the things that we need to do these days and you've just adapted to the 2022 lifestyle, which is wonderful. I love it. Thank you. Thank cool. you. So just for fun, because we ask this to all our guests just as we end up here. If you had a superpower, what would it be and why? I forget what I said. I think it was really practical. Oh, confidence. Yeah. In, you know, a different state of mind, I might say invisibility. But recently I've been, you know, building a brand. I, I want to be visible. So confidence, very practical superpower just to to keep going when you have those ebbs and flows to stay confident and discipline go to bed <laughs> call your friends call your grandma make sure that you remember your priorities include those relationships um, i think i can be a, a bit of a machine and just work and that's where i want to realize my mortality more often every day and if i can do that more then i'll actually be thinking about friends family relationships fostering relationships one thing a lot of us get caught away with is vanity metrics right marketing i've been in marketing for 10 years and one of the metrics we focus on is like mqls and impressions and hits and even leads who cares is it leading to revenue is it leading to relationships is it leading to joy so focusing on the things that that actually matter for your your joy your health your happiness your relationships and confidence is a great leading place to get away from vanity metrics and focus on stuff that matters i love it I love it. Yeah, indeed. And and oftentimes I'm old school and used to tell people, and that's why I told you, heart-centered and service-driven people. My hook to come into my world is, do you want to multiply your income, earn more and and work less? That That's what I do through processes of the mind rather than it's, it's us. We can process things faster. And then when people come into me and they says, oh, I, I want money, 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 money. I says, then we're not a good fit because I've yeah. noticed, and I'm going to put other words to what you say to illustrate it. If money is the only thing that you want, you're going to climb that ladder of success. And when you get to the top of it on the building, you're going to look down and you're going to say, shoot, I'm on the wrong building. And now you yeah. have to go all the way back down. And then you've stepped on toes of people. Now you have to broken relationships. And one of the best things that I've learned is people don't care what they bought from you or, or what you gave them. That's not, is how they felt when they were around you, how they felt. This is something we can take to our grave and then beyond after the relationship that we have, the feelings that we have, don't get me wrong. We need to make some money. You don't have money. You don't have a place to sleep. You can't eat. If it's cold, you're going to freeze. And then, and if you have an abundance, you can even help others that might stand in need someone that's homeless and create things or a business that's going to help someone to thrive so you can feed his family. So let's not get caught up in, in all oh, it's all money, money or no money. Money is needed. Uh, Zig Ziglar said at one point, it says money is like, it's, it's not like oxygen, but it's pretty much up there for us if we want to live a life because you have no money. Like right now, we have the opportunity to have great equipment where I can hear you and see you clearly. 
and people created these things and we need to pay them in order for us to benefit from it. So they're tools. They're sort of automating our relationship right now so we can see each other. We never met, but that's fine. It's okay. And so these things are very important to consider that our life, we're here to make a difference in other people's lives. Whatever it is for you, I encourage each and every one of the entrepreneurs to actually continue to make the difference that you feel so inclined in your heart. Go for it. When you stumble and fall, get back up. If you need help, raise your hand. Someone's going to be able to do it. Awesome. So before we leave, because we're going to land this plane, what's the best way for people to reach you? JessCotzer.com. I'm I at Jess Kotzer everywhere. And you can reach me at hello at jesskotzer.com if you want to send me an email. Okay. So that would be the best way to actually do it. So I'm just going to go right here. And basically, uh, after the presentation is over, we're going to have on all the social platforms, we're going to put, and there you go. I just put it right here right now, is the, the clickable link for people to get a hold of you and find out if they can do anything or do you offer something to people such as a, I don't know, a one-on-one, -on -one, uh, is there something that you offer people that are part of this uh, presentation here today or the podcast? I offer free training, strategy calls, consulting and development services, all no code, automation friendly. Wow. Excellent. So there you have it, ladies and gentlemen jesscoaster.com the links in the, in the chat or the link is going to be under the different platforms that we're at uh jess is dedicated to help as you can say she's so sweet and and she has a tender person which is great but in back of her she's got the talent skills and ability backed by 10 years of expertise to help and serve other people so let's take advantage of this thank you jess for coming today thank you francois you're awesome hey i love my it pleasure hey my pleasure so again Let's get fired up, all entrepreneurs out there, and know that as you have seen Jess, she was some struggle and she overcame. All of us get struggles. Let's overcome, let's move forward. And if we need help, let's reach out to others that can help us make things happen. And until next time, make it a great day. Thank you everybody. And this is the end of our broadcast.